Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference call and webinar. Those invited to attend include congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including emergency managers, local levy sponsors, and the media. The presentations will provide an update from NOAA Climate Prediction Center, National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, and um, Missouri River Water Management Division with the uh, updates for Missouri River main stem dams. We also have representatives on the line from the Omaha and Kansas City districts to provide information regarding levy status. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be moderating today's call. Slides from today's call are available on our website and in the press release that was distributed earlier today. These calls are recorded and placed on the Defense Video Imagery and Distribution System at www.dvidshub.net slash units slash USACE NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. For the convenience of our media representatives, the final slide in this presentation includes each speaker's name, title, and contact information. All lines have been placed on mute. When we get to the question and answer period to unmute your phone, sorry, press star six. Please be aware that the forced mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function to avoid interrupting the call. Do not place the call on hold. Calls for questions will not be part of the recording if none are asked. Again, our agenda includes Doug Cluck from NOAA with Climate Outlook, Kevin Lau from National Weather Service with Basin Conditions and Flood Outlook, Missouri River Water Management staff with, with runoff forecast reservoir details, and uh, Kansas City and Omaha District. And with that, I will turn it over to you, Doug Cluck. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, glad to be here again this month. Um, yeah, let's just move right on into the next slide after that. And um, we're looking at, uh, on the upper left, uh, temperatures uh, since about, well, since early February till recently. And that's sort of an average over um, that 90-day uh, period. Uh, where you see light green colors and yellow, those are pretty close to normal. And that dominates, uh, it really dominates the picture here. The light green is slightly below normal. The yellow is slightly above normal over those 90 days when you average it all together. There are some cool spots there, mostly in Montana, Wyoming. But uh, uh, generally, we've seen near normal over that period when you average it out. What's not normal over that period, if you look at the lower right uh, uh, graphic there, is the percent of normal precipitation for the same 90-day period. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anything um, sort of in a yellow to red shading um, is below normal uh, for precipitation. And the red actually is quite a bit below, less than 50% of normal precipitation through early May. Um, there's a few spots of, of a little uh, above normal moisture, but that's, that's mainly in the very lowest reaches of uh, the Missouri Basin and a few uh, spots up, up uh, in, in the basin as a whole. Let's go to the next slide. 
These are the rankings for the month uh, the month of April in terms of how it fits overall into that the period of record since uh, oh, about 126 years, uh, 25 or 26 years ago. Um, what we see there is that slight shading towards uh, light blue over Missouri and the Dakotas, Nebraska, and Montana. That indicates that we're in the um, we're in the third coolest uh, uh, part, if you will, of the period of record. So those are rankings. Uh, it was the 24th, for example, the 24th coolest April on record in uh, North Dakota, and likewise a little bit cooler than normal for for that month, uh, um, for those month for that month in a couple other states as well. The, that's on the left. On the right is the statewide precipitation ranks. And as we said, over the last 90 days, it's been pretty dry. And over the last 30 days, I'm basically April, uh, you see Nebraska and Colorado really stand out in terms of dryness. But the, really, the whole base, except for Missouri, has been uh, on the dry side. So we're ranking those as 14th driest in South Dakota and North Dakota. And a lot of these places, people are pretty happy that that actually happened. Um, going into this season, we were, uh, let's say, concerned that we would have average to above uh, average precipitation, which which would have been harder to handle. I'll just put it that way, and uh, probably a little more flooding um, concerned. Let's go on. <clears throat> so I'm not going to dwell on this. I, I suppose some of the other folks might talk about it, but uh, we'll just say, Snowpack remains near average, and the image on the right is what it was a month ago. That's in April. The image on the left is the more current version of that. Wherever you see near 100 is right at average in terms of uh, snowpack, so not really a big concern out there. Plenty of snow in the mountains, but not too much. Next slide. So this is looking at the potential for uh, precipitation over the next seven days across the whole nation, obviously. And um, uh, this is an accumulation of could be a couple different, two or three different storm systems that have accumulated this much precipitation, according to the models, right? Um, for the most part, for the Missouri Basin, we're looking at light to moderate levels of precipitation. There is an indication that we could get up to two inches or so over that period in the, uh, we'll say, uh, eastern Kansas, uh, western Missouri, northern Missouri areas. But uh, uh, really uh, nothing phenomenal uh, like you might see over the southern Florida, for example, um, calling for several inches of, of, of rainfall down there. Uh, nothing like that in our area, which would cause more problems. So uh, let's move on. Beyond that, this is simply looking at some of what we call short-term hazards over the next uh, oh, three to seven days, May 8th through the 12th to be specific. And really the only hazards we have are uh, cooler than normal temperatures um, across uh, pretty much the eastern part of the basin, and, and that's a hazard for people growing things. So I'm not saying it's a hazard for the Missouri River or uh, flooding or any other concerns. It's really temperature-based uh, for horticulture and maybe specialty crops and a few other crops. Let's move on. Uh, this is the week two, May 14th through 20th. 
temperature on the left, precipitation on the right, probabilities of an, on the temperature for temperature probabilities of below normal are slightly increased over parts of the northern basin, and really it's uh, near normal for most of the basin, Montana south through uh, uh, to Colorado and then east to to, to Missouri. And um, for precipitation, however, there's a slight, again, slightly enhanced probability for above normal precipitation uh, during that May 14th through 20th uh, period. We'll see how that all turns out. Let's let's go on to the next slide because I think, yeah. So. This is also for that May 14th to 20th period, and we've sort of highlighted that circular area, uh, mainly focused on the lower part of the Missouri Basin, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, and a little bit to Iowa there. Um, that area is, I'm not going to say under the gun, but from uh, a hazards outlook point of view, there's a, there's a slight enhancement for heavy precipitation in that part of the basin over that one-week period. Um, Again, it's not, not specific, and it's a pretty broad area. So we'll have to see and watch that a little bit and see how that turns out. Not a surprise in May to see something like that. It happens every spring. We get heavy precipitation. So um, let's move on. <clears throat> All right. So this is the uh, overall May outlook. Uh, temperature on the left again showing that uh, there's an increased probability for above normal temperatures as you go sort of south and west in the basin. And um, equal chances for the most part of below near normal or above normal for uh, the lion's share of the basin, we'll put it that way. Um, and then when we look at precipitation on the right, uh, really uh, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's an enhanced probability of above normal precipitation lower basin. Uh, and really equal chances for the rest of the base. I'll just put it that way. Next slide. Okay, and then this is May through June, the temperature and precipitation outlook. Uh, for the most part, we have this big EC sitting over the middle of the Missouri Basin, and that's uh, meaning, like I just said, equal chances for above, below, or near normal temperature. For those months, May, June, and July, um, we're surrounded by a slight increase in temp uh, chances of increased temperature. And then on the precipitation side, uh, for the most of the basin, except for the, the far reaches of the upper basin, uh, for, uh, enhanced, slightly enhanced, I'll say, uh, chances for above normal precipitation um, for those three months as well. Next slide. Uh, there's the drought outlook, um, and this was updated again today, so there is a May, I think, 5th or something version out. It uh, didn't change much, uh, to be honest. There are some areas where that's yellow. It's not in drought yet. It's just a little drier than normal, and we're sort of watching it in case things would continue to be dry and, and then thus uh, enhance uh, the drought level if it got worse, I'll put it that way. And then a little bit of D1 and D2, which are uh, uh, up to severe drought in eastern Colorado, far eastern Colorado. Next slide. So there's the key points. Somewhat drier over the last few months. Um, 
some abnormal dryness is appearing in different parts of the basin because of that dryness. Pretty much near normal temperatures last 90 days, but last 30 days have definitely been, for the most part, cooler than normal. Um, the outlook, temperatures, cool next, cool next week um, into maybe 10 days out, then moderating slightly. I didn't show any of that, but moderating slightly to near normal. Um, some warmth in the southwest parts of the basin. Precipitation next two weeks. There are some indications of heavier rains in the south and eastern part of the basin. Longer term, slightly increased chances for above normal uh, precipitation for the whole basin, May through July. And I think that's all. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. We'll move to you, uh, Kevin Lau. All right. Thank you, Eileen. And um, along with Doug, uh, I uh, want to extend our thanks to have uh, Noah participate on these uh, series of calls. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, as Doug mentioned, uh, mountain snowpack is uh, near normal. Um, it actually reached its seasonal peak accumulation in uh, mid-April, uh, and it had uh, overall uh, snow water equivalent just slightly above normal as it crested or as it peaked. Uh, the National Weather Service will be issuing its May water supply forecast next week, but preliminary numbers um, uh, project a near-normal mountain runoff volume for the May to September uh, season. Our most recent three-month river stage outlooks indicate that while one or two of the tributaries to the milk could see minor flooding overall, there is little chance to see significant flooding in the mountainous west as we uh, undergo the melt. And in fact, uh, melt is currently underway in both the uh, lower and mid-elevation ranges. Uh, as Doug mentioned, a relatively dry past couple of months over most of the basin has allowed for uh, beneficial drying of the soils, and therefore we have a somewhat improved outlook uh, for flooding. Uh, whereas at the end of February, the Dakotas and eastern Montana were in the 99th percentile as far as historic soil moistures, and almost all the basin was in the 90-plus percentile range. Uh, today, the footprint of the 99% has greatly diminished. And in fact, some areas, although small, some areas are actually at the 50 percentile or near normal soil moisture. Much of the basin does remain, though, in the 70-plus uh, percentile range and the eastern section of the basin, therefore, has a somewhat uh, elevated risk to 10 to 30 percent uh, elevation for flooding during the next three months. During the past month, we have seen moderate to major flooding along the James in South Dakota. We have experienced minor level flooding within the Milk River Basin in Montana. Both the Little Sioux and the Big Sioux Rivers in South Dakota and Iowa have seen minor level flooding over the past month and numerous creeks and smaller tributaries in the state of Missouri have experienced minor flooding during the past 30 days. Now, the Missouri River itself uh, saw minor flooding in Nebraska City, Rulo, Gasconade, and Herman during the past month. Looking ahead over the next three months through the end of July, the National does project moderate level flooding likely at a few locations in the Milk River Basin moderate to major level flooding to continue along the James River and minor to moderate level flooding along the Big and Little Sioux Rivers and minor to moderate level flooding along many of the smaller 
to the Missouri across the eastern section of the basin. And thunderstorm activity usually is the driver for springtime. Kevin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you for just a second. Sure. I'm sorry. Somebody's got a hot microphone out there, so please make sure um, that you've used your own mute function. Okay, go right. ahead. Thank you, Eileen. Uh, thunderstorm activity does drive uh, springtime and early summer flooding in the lower third of the basin, and, uh, and this is typical. Um, the Missouri River itself is expected to see episodic, uh, off and on again, minor to moderate level flooding from Nebraska City to the mouth. Uh, thank you. This does conclude uh, the National Weather Service flood potential brief. Thanks, Kevin. And I will now turn it over to Missouri River Water Management Division. Uh, John, make sure that each person identifies themselves before they speak as well. Thank you, Eileen. Good afternoon. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. We are well into the 2020 runoff season and I want to assure everyone in the basin that the Corps remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting stakeholders when we can from significant hydrologic events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Compared to a year ago, the river stages and reservoir system storage are in far better shape. However, I want to caution everyone that we are not out of the woods yet. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions, including ice-induced flooding during the winter, freezing and spring breakup periods, and more importantly right now, during uh, when flood, uh, large thunderstorms, particularly along the lower Missouri River, which cannot be mitigated by the operation of the mainstream reservoirs. Further, it's important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of releases from our projects. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one to another. Excuse me, one event to another. People throughout the basin have been and continue to be directly impacted, some severely impacted by the 2019 flooding. The Corps is well aware of the damage that the last year's flooding has caused, and we are doing all we can to reduce the impacts and assist in the recovery. We posted the May 1st, 2020 upper basin runoff forecast on Monday. The forecasted 2020 upper basin runoff is 32.2 million acre feet. This is above average and Kevin Grody will provide more details on the runoff forecast. A large runoff does not necessarily mean flooding. As I mentioned earlier, the volume, timing, and location at which runoff occurs is important. However, there is an increased potential for high flows and higher than average releases, and people need to be aware of this. We will continue to monitor the basic conditions and make adjustments as needed. As we move through the summer, we may have to make several release changes from all of our projects. Ideally, we would be able to provide some advance notice of these changes through press releases or social media posts. However, this may not be possible in all cases. Therefore, I encourage all interested parties to check the Missouri River Basin Water Management and the National Weather Service's websites on a daily basis for the most up-to-date information on system conditions and forecasted river stages. That concludes my opening remarks. Thank you very much. I will now turn the discussion over to Kevin Grody. Thank you, John. You can move to the next slide, Eileen. 
So my name is Kevin Grody. I'm the Reservoir Regulation Team Lead for the Missouri Basin Water Management Office. Below normal precipitation in April led to below average runoff in most of the upper basin. April runoff was 3.2 million acre-feet, which is about 1.3 million acre-feet less than what was forecast on April 1st. As Doug Clough mentioned, precipitation in the upper basin has been well below normal, with some areas of the Dakotas receiving less than half their normal precipitation. As a result, the surface soil temperatures are drier compared to April 1 soil conditions. As you can see on slide 17, the 2020 calendar year runoff forecast for the Upper Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa is 32.2 million acre feet or 125% of average. The 2020 runoff total is forecast to be somewhere between an upper quartile and an upper decile amount. Let's now move to slide 18. This slide shows that forecast of 32.2 2 million acre-feet on a monthly basis. Even with the below normal precipitation that we've seen, we've seen above average runoff in each of the first four months of the year due to the very wet soil conditions. And as seen with the yellow bars, we are still forecasting slightly above average runoff for each of the remaining months in 2020. And now moving to slide 19. With the drier conditions during the first four months of the year, soil conditions are starting to return to more normal conditions. The upper left graphic shows how the basin still has very wet soil conditions, but the lower right graphic shows how soils in the basin have become drier over the last couple months. And finally, slide 20. Mountain snowpack peaked in mid-April, and has begun to melt. Mountain snowpack peaked in the Fort Peck range at 17.9 inches, or 109% of average on April 16th. And mountain snowpack peaked in the Garrison range at 16.3 inches, or 112% of average on April 19th. Mountain snowpack normally peaks on or about April 15th. We expect to see inflows into Fort Peck and Garrison increase over the next week or so as the mountain snow melts arise at each other. Hello? So in summary, the 2020 calendar year runoff forecast is 32.2 million acre feet or 125% of average. I'll now turn it over to Mike Swim. Uh, Wanda, we I'll leave you first, mute everybody, and then we'll, uh, we'll start from scratch again. Yep, that's what I was just going to say. Okay, you guys should be in listen-only mode again. Just star six to come off mute, John. Can you hear us, Eileen? Sure can. Okay, thanks. Uh, this is Mike Swenson. Um, you can go to the next slide, Eileen. Um, I'm the power production team leader in the water management office. Uh, first off, I mentioned Gavin's Point releases averaged 35,000 CFS in April. Releases will be reduced from 35,000 to 33,000 on Friday morning and will remain at that rate in May, downstream conditions permitting. Uh, 
Slide 22 here shows the reservoir system storage. Currently, the system storage is at 58.8 million acre-feet, utilizing 2.7 million acre-feet of the, flood, the total flood storage space. Approximately 83% of the flood storage is available to store runoff in the coming months. System storage is 5.9 million acre-feet lower than last year at this time. Uh, moving on to the next slide, we'll talk about the monthly reservoir studies. The basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Kevin just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under those different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. The other runoff scenarios are shown on, uh, are as posted to our webpage. Uh, Fort Peck is currently at elevation 2236.5, 2.5 feet above the base of the flood control pool. The reservoir is expected to peak this summer near elevation 2241.6 at 7.6 feet into the 16-foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 2234 to 2250. Peak daily average releases are expected to be about 11,000 CFS this summer. Garrison is currently at elevation 1840.3. That's 2.8 feet above the base of the flood control zone. The reservoir is expected to peak this summer near elevation 1846.4, 8.9 feet into the 16.5 foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1837.5 to 1854. Peak daily releases are expected to be average about 28,000 CFS this summer. Hawaii is currently at elevation 1610, 2.5 feet above the base of the flood control pool. The reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1611.8, 4.3 feet into the 12.5 foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1607.5 to 1620. Peak daily releases are expected to average about 34,000 CFS. Peak hourly releases from Milwaukee may be near full power plant capacity later in the summer, depending on energy demands. Four annual reservoir is currently at 1354.7. Uh, that's 4.7 feet above the base of the flood control zone. That is fairly close to its uh, late spring and summer uh, uh, normal operating elevation. Uh, you can move to the next slide. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point to support navigation and to help provide an eight to nine foot deep navigation channel downstream. The March 15th system storage check indicated that flow support for Missouri River navigation will be at least full service for the first half of the season. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation will be at least full service after the July 1st storage check and a full eight-month navigation season with a 10-day extension would be provided. Monthly average releases from Gavin's Point are expected to range from 33,000 CFS during the summer to 37,000 CFS in the fall. 
releases will be reduced in response to downstream flooding when appropriate. Energy generation at the main stem dams under the basic simulation is 11 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. And you can move on to the next slide. Slide 25 shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown on the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. Thank you, and that concludes my remarks. So I'll turn it back to Eileen. Thanks, Mike. Okay, we'll move to Kansas City District. You'll need the star six to unmute. Hello, my name is Jeffrey Hengler. I'm chief of the Civil Works section in the Kansas City District, and I'm giving this briefing today on behalf of the Kansas City District Emergency Management. Questions regarding this briefing should be addressed to Mr. Mike Doolin, whose contact information is provided later in this briefing slides. The Kansas City District continues to execute the levy rehabilitation program for levies damaged during 2019 flooding. Efforts evaluating the request for assistance received from local levy sponsors are nearly complete, with about five levies remaining in the damage assessment phase. Evaluation of those respect of those requests should be complete by May, with one or two perhaps extending into June. Of the 61 requests for assistance that have been approved through Northwestern Division. About 50 of them have been completed through the design phase and project cooperation coordination with the sponsor. Real estate has been then obtained on about 75% or 46 of those levies. Contracts have been advertised in about 44 of those levies, 444 of those levies, and awarded at, on, for 26 of those damaged levies. It's noted that in some instances, contracts are combined, multiple levy repairs for multiple levies are combined under a single contract. So the total number of contracts awarded will be less than the total number of levies to be repaired. Level of protection is in place for 39 of the 61 levies that have been approved for repairs. Level of protection indicates that the levies, top of levy elevations are essentially the same as the pre-2019 flooding conditions, although some repairs may be, remain to be completed on those 39 levies. Since the beginning of April, six contracts have been awarded. They're listed on the right side of this slide. In Howard County, the Renz Levy, Missouri River Levy System 440R, Wolcott Sections 1, 2, and 3, Bond Femme, and the Ray Lafayette, Henrietta Crooked River Levy System. Those are total of six separate levy systems. Contracts have been advertised and are expected to, award in, to be awarded in the May and June timeframe, it's a typo on this slide, for the following levies, the Missouri River Levy System 400L and 408L, two separate levy systems combined on a single contract. Wakandaw, the Malta Bend, Coles Lake, Saline Lafayette, and Tietzau Levy, the Tri-County Egypt Levy, Saline County Number 2 Levy, Platt County number two, Bean Lake Levy, and five separate levies, Kinsey Holly, MRLS 497L, 488L, 455L, 
and 448-443L. Those contracts are anticipated to be awarded in the next 60 days for a total of 12 levy repairs. That concludes my briefing. Next slide. Okay, we'll hand it over to Matt Kratzke with the Omaha District. All right, thanks, Eileen. Can you hear me? Sure can. Okay, good, thank you. Um, so the slide I put up is simply all the levees that were damaged during the flood of 2019. And uh, as I mentioned, my name is Matt Kraske. I'm the Readiness Branch Chief in the Omaha District Corps of Engineers. The Omaha District Emergency Operations Center continues to monitor basin conditions in all the states within the district boundaries. And uh, thanks to a mild winter, we've made incredible progress restoring the levee systems along the Missouri River and its tributaries that were damaged in the 2019 flood. To date, the Omaha Systems Restoration Team has awarded 35 contracts, 12 initial and interim levy repair contracts, 21 full rehabilitation levy projects, and one operations and maintenance project on the Platte River, and one emergency repair contract on a Missouri River mainstem project. There's, there are nine additional full rehab levy projects that are planned for construction. Two of the projects are currently in the contracting process and the remaining seven are in the engineering and design phase. And also of interest, the Hamburg Ditch 6 geotechnical investigation uh, to support the rehabilitation of that levy has been completed and that project is also moving into the engineering and design phase. All of the active levy systems in the PL8499 program along the Missouri River in the Omaha district have been closed and returned to their pre-flood height with the exception of uh, levy unit L536, which is in northwest Missouri. I want to stress, however, that even though these systems have been returned to their original height, they do not yet offer the same level of risk reduction as they did prior to March of 2019. There's still an elevated risk until all the damages on the levy systems can be fully repaired. We're continuing on these levy systems to restore them to their March 2019 risk reduction, include repairing erosion, establishing sod cover, placing riprap, repairing drainage structures, and other miscellaneous repairs. The five breaches on the levy L536 in northwest Missouri remain open. Contract proposals were received on March 20th, and the team is targeting a May 15th date to award that contract. Contractor mobilization and repair work will begin immediately following that award. In addition to repairs to levees along the Missouri River, repairs are continuing on multiple tributary levees, including the Ames Diking District and the Clear Creek levees on the Platte River. To date, the Omaha District has secured more than $600 million while at the same time putting in place additional contracting tools to continue flood response and repair efforts. The Omaha District is also continuing to develop design and repair contracts for the remaining damaged infrastructure along the tributary systems, with the goal uh, being to have all of those tributary system repairs under contract in the next few months. For regular updates uh, on the repair efforts to flood control structures in the Missouri River Basin, visit the Omaha District System Restoration webpage at www.nwo.usace.army.mil. Click the red Levy Status Updates icon on the left side of the page, and there you can track the status and view photos and videos. We remain vigilant concerning this time of year and weather conditions, and we can't reiterate enough that life safety continues to be the primary focus of our efforts to repair the levee systems. 
We continue to work with federal, state, and local emergency management agencies to keep the public informed. This concludes my comments. Thank you. Back to you, Eileen. Thank you, Matt. So our next update is going to be June 4th, Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. I'm going to put up the slide that gives you the uh, names and contact information for our speakers. As uh, Jeff Hengler, sorry about that. As he mentioned before, if you have questions related to Kansas City District levies, contact Mike Doolin, but uh, Jeff was who provided the update that spelled uh, G-E-O-F-F-H-E-N-G-D-E-L-E-R as our speaker in case you need that. Um, we're going to move into the question answer period. Uh, please keep your line on mute until it's your time to ask a question and then once you have asked the question, use your phone's own mute function to mute your line. Um, we do have a lot of people who are working from home. I'm one of them, and we do have background noise that can become disruptive. Um, so star six to unmute to ask your question, then use your phone's own mute function to uh, silence the background noise. Um, we will move first with questions to congressional, tribal, state, and local government, including levy sponsors. Uh, we'll go in alphabetical order by state, and then we'll move to the media. Please state your name and the organization you represent before asking your question. Uh, my last check, we had about 84 people on the call, so again, be respectful of each other's time as well. Uh, we'll start with the state of Iowa. Again, star six to unmute your line. Okay, this is Barbara Sloniker with the Siouxland Chamber of Commerce in Sioux City. Go ahead. Okay. Um, oh, I had one question. What, what is the status of the groundwater monitoring project uh, that Senator Rounds has been championing? Championing? <laughs> Champion? Sorry. Kevin Grody, you want to answer that one? Yes. Yes, Barbara. Uh, this is Kevin Grody from the Missouri Basin Water Management Office. Uh, yeah, the project is actually a soil moisture and plains snowpack monitoring network. Okay. Um, okay. So I don't sorry, want to I'm sorry that. that I asked that wrong. <laughs> sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Um, we are taking steps to implement the network. Um, there are five states in the Upper Plains area. Um, I'm sure everybody knows that already, but Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, and then part of Nebraska. And each one of those states um, has a network of soil moisture uh, sites. They're called mesonets. And we are working with each of those uh, states to retrofit those soil moisture monitoring sites to soil moisture and plains snow monitoring sites. Uh, and we have uh, um, awarded some contracts uh, with some of the states uh, to begin work on that. Uh, this is a long-term effort because in addition to retrofitting those 180 sites, we also need to install about another 360 sites, uh, new sites. Uh, so this is a, a long-term effort that's going to take several years uh, to complete, but we are moving forward with it. Great. Thank, thank you so much. You're welcome. 
Barb, did you have additional questions? I do, but I, I was waiting to make sure that I wasn't going to take up all your time. So I. That's fine. Um, Go ahead. So, so we've had, you know, obviously we're we're concerned about navigation um, down in our in our area. Um, will we uh, have the ability to allow barges north to Sioux City? Yeah, Barbara, this is John Remus, uh, Missouri Regional Water Management. The uh, head of navigation is Sioux City. That's where uh, the Corps of Engineers uh, ends its navigation support uh, from both a, uh, a float support point of view as well as uh, a maintenance of the, of the bank stabilization and navigation project. Upstream of Sioux City, it is just not designed or meant for commercial navigation. But but do you see us having the ability to even get barges to north north to Sioux City this summer? North, north, north to Sioux City, yes. You yes. should be able to get barges okay. to Sioux City. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I okay. Thank you. Um, the other the other question I had is uh, to, just to do with how uh, has the COVID has that affected operations on the river? Uh, no, the, uh, the COVID-19 virus has not affected uh, the operations on the river. Uh, the Omaha district has taken uh, uh, very proactive steps to ensure that they have a, an adequate number of qualified uh, staff at each one of the projects to operate the dams uh, safely 24-7. Uh, Our office here has remained fully functional uh, through the uh, uh, through the COVID-19 uh, uh, crisis here. And we do have uh, what we call a continuation of operations plan, or a coup, which we have tested and actually uh, uh, activated earlier this year on a non-COVID-related uh, incident. And it, uh, everything worked fine. So I'm confident that our office will remain fully functional uh, regardless of what may or may not happen with the COVID in the future. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, any other questions from the state of Iowa? Again, star six to unmute your line. Okay, we'll move to the state of Kansas. Missouri? Uh, yes, this is Joe Gibbs. Uh, Go ahead. Okay. Um, um, Mr. Grody talked about runoff, and um, I was wondering, is that what runs off the surface, or is that measured in the channel, which it might also carry or uh, carry include, excuse me, base flow? In other words, when you use runoff, what does that mean? Joe, this is Kevin. It would be the latter. It's the amount of water that is actually seen uh, in the reservoirs. So um, that would be surface runoff as well as base flow. Okay, thank you. Um, just a minute. No, okay. uh, that's all. That's all I have for right now. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Any is other that, questions? Is this Eileen? Yes. Eileen, excuse me, um, your webinar access code number was off one digit, so don't resend yeah, it. Don't, don't resend yeah. it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got it. Thank you. You bet. Any other questions from the state of Missouri? 
Okay, again, this is congressional, tribal, state, and local government officials, levy sponsors. Uh, state of Montana? Nebraska? North Dakota? South Dakota? Wyoming. All right, we'll move to the media. Again, starting with the state of Iowa, star six to unmute your phone, ask your question, state your name and organization you represent. Okay, media, state of Kansas. Hi, Heather Hollingsworth with the Associated Press. Could, could someone do some math for me? I'm just trying to get a sense of how many of the levies are still busted um, and now fixed. So we're we're divided with the Omaha District and Kansas City District. I'll have Matt answer for the Omaha District. Okay. Uh, and then I'll have um, Jeff, if he's still on the line, be able to give you the two, and then hopefully we can do the math for you. Yeah. Matt? Matt Kratzke, you still on? Yeah, I'm still here, Eileen. It took me a minute to find the star six. Um, so this is Matt Kraske, the Readiness Branch Chief in the Omaha District. Uh, so on the on the Missouri River main stem, all of the all of the active levees that were eligible for rehab assistance, with the exception of L536, are all the breaches are repaired and the levees are at pre-flood elevation. And how many is that? There, I, I'd have to look to be sure because it's broken into levy districts, and, and some of the levies are 40, 50 miles long, and there's more than one district. But it, it's around six, I think, on the main stem. And then, as I mentioned, 536, we still haven't um, started that rehabilitation, but we've been working with the sponsor um, to, to they're, they're acquiring right away and doing different things um, to get the information that we need so we can begin a setback project there. Um, because the scour holes were so deep, we have to go around them. So um, we haven't ignored the project. We just haven't uh, gotten to it yet. So that should start this spring. And on the tributaries... If I email you, can you check and give me those numbers? Sure, yeah, I can. Let's do Okay. Send it send it to me and I'll work with uh, Kansas City and Omaha to get your answers. Okay, great. Um thanks. thanks. Any other questions? Heather? Um well uh, one other just, just could someone real quick summarize the situation about the risk of flooding this year? It it the sense I got was that it looked like it's it was it's much improved from last year, but that the storms could always throw a wrench in things. Could, could someone just get, give me a real quick, um, like, one, two-sentence overview of what we're looking at this year? I'm going to have Kevin Lau do that because it is really more focused okay. on weather-related events versus reservoir operations. So, Kevin Lau, can you provide that, please? Yes, Eileen. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, this is Kevin Lau. I'm with the National Weather Service in Kansas City. Um, we estimate 
that in the eastern portion of the basin, when I say eastern portion, I'm talking uh, eastern um, uh, South Dakota, eastern Nebraska, western Iowa, eastern Kansas, and the state of Missouri, that area there. Uh, the, the risk for flooding, and it's because of the uh, wet soils. That's the, that's the primary reason at this point in time, is the uh, abnormally wet soils. Um, we estimate that the chance for flooding at any given location uh, is anywhere from 10 to as much as 30 percent uh, enhanced over the normal chance for flooding. So uh, that's that's the enhancements, or that's the uh, elevation. Um, ele yeah, the elevated chance is somewhere between 10 and 30 percent. Does that does that answer your question? Okay. Um. I think so. If it doesn't, I'll reach out. Thank you. <laughs> to kind of answer the second half of your question, uh, between the, uh, the flows in the river today and our reservoir, uh, conditions in our reservoirs, we are in uh, much better shape than they were the first of May a year ago. Uh, we, as Mike uh, Swenson mentioned we have over 5 million more acre feet of storage available in our in the reservoir system, and of course the stages are far uh, far greater, less uh, far less than they were a year ago in May. So we're uh, overall we're in a much much better place. Fantastic. Thank you, Officer. I think that's all. All right. Thanks, Heather. Okay, we'll move to uh, State of Missouri questions from the media. Hi, this is uh, Heather, Dennis Sharkey from the Mountain City News. Oh. Okay, uh, I was going to say, Heather may, may need to remute her line. Um, and then you go ahead, Dennis. Okay. Um, I guess my uh, first question would be um, as far as the release levels and the forecast. Um, are, are you going Uh, we lost uh, Dennis. Can, yeah. Can you hear me? Dennis, unmute again. I accidentally muted you. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm okay. Um, with the the release levels and kind of the the forecast, um, are you guys pushing out more water this summer, or are you guys kind of pushing out the same amount as or a normal level, or are you guys pushing out more because the forecast has you guys are still forecasting above normal? Runoff. If that makes sense. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I guess in generally speaking, we're we are above the uh, full service flow targets with this release, and it is because of the uh, somewhat elevated runoff forecast that that we discussed. But the overall release is not not too far from from the average. Yeah. What what is the normal average about? I don't have that number right in front of me, but generally speaking, to meet the navigation uh, targets for full service, the, uh, I think the May release is about 28,000. As we get later into the summer, then it's closer to 33 or 34. Okay. And then um, uh, Matt 
Kratsky just talked a little while ago about the L, I think, 536 levies in Atchison County. Um, is the Omaha District and the Kansas City District still um, talking with each other about um, how that system could tie into the levy systems in Holt County? So the, the t so this is Matt Kraske again. So the um, we we do communicate with Kansas City quite often, and to make sure that what we're doing with our rehab projects don't affect theirs. Um, so yes, so we're coordinating to make sure that we don't have any adverse effects downstream. But you still believe that um, something could get going this spring as far as what goes on up in Atchison County, though. Yeah, so we're, the contract has been, um, we've opened the bid, and so we intend to award that here next week, and then um, after that we'll get started on 536, immediately okay. after that. So it'll probably be the end of the month. You'll start seeing this moving contractor in there. Okay. All right, thanks. Uh, any other questions, I guess I'll direct uh, Mr. Doolin. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, any other media from the state, uh, state of Missouri? And this is Brent Martin with KAPQ. Go ahead, I was, uh, I was just calling about, and, and it was just what you were talking about, that 536 levy. I'm unfamiliar with what, what that is. Just explain uh, without using L536. Tell me what that levy is and what is needed to get it repaired. Okay, so uh, this is Matt Kraske. Um, Omaha District. So it's an agricultural levy in Atchison County. Um, and uh, it, it uh, has five breaches on it. So there was significant damage. And the breaches caused um, some significant scour. Uh, and so we've been working with the project sponsors to set the levy back behind those scour holes, which required required additional right of way and some other things. Um, so that's what that's what we've been working with since uh, with the sponsors since the flood has um, since the flood has uh, receded. So um, we intend to get that started this spring. Okay, and that was mainly Missouri River. Flooding, or is it one of the tributaries? It's on the Missouri River main stem. Okay, okay. And in one thing, I think uh, this is a Kansas City district. Uh, they said there were still some levees. The damage is just now being assessed, or did I get that wrong? Or there are some. I think of the Kansas City district where we're finally getting in to assess the damage. This is Jeff Engler with the Kansas City District. And yes, that's correct. There's five levies remaining. Many of these requests came in very late at the end of the request period deadline. And so we are uh, getting out now. They're not actually many of them on um, in, in Northwest Missouri. Some of them are in Kansas City metro area. Some of them are actually in uh, central Kansas, Salina, Abilene area where requests came in um, right at the deadline, and, and we're in the process of evaluating those. We believe those requests will be completed and either approved or denied by the end of May for the majority of them. Over. Okay, and where are we in the Rushville levy, the levy that protects 59, had that big breach and, and cut off uh, 59 to Atchison? 
So the sponsor on that levy is in the process of obtaining the necessary real estate. There's some coordination that they're doing with the NRCS, which has an easement in an area where the levy is being proposed to be set back, and the sponsor's coordinating that. The Corps of Engineers is participating in that as appropriate to um, finalize what the alignment of the repair will be. The design is essentially complete once that alignment is confirmed and will be prepared to go towards contract advertisement shortly after the real estate is obtained. Over. Okay, and just to clarify, so we're still a ways from getting that repaired. We hope that that would be under contract or at least advertised sometime this summer. Thank you. Okay. Uh, any final questions, State of Missouri Media? Star six to unmute your line. Okay. Moving to Montana. Nebraska. North Dakota. South Dakota. Wyoming. Okay, are there any final questions before we adjourn? Uh, yes, it's Joe Gibbs again. Um, is all the ground thought out? <laughs> yes. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay. All right, so our next call will be uh, June. Sorry, I don't, don't have the date in front of me, but it will be at 1 p.m. We'll send the invitation then. And June 4th, Thank you, June 4th. Thank you, everyone, for participating in today's call. Thanks, call.